We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Rams Soccer Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime this evening. Former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. We're on a Monday night get-together, a pate, yes. <laughs> a party yes, in quarantine. <laughs> a party in quarantine. <laughs> we um, have a few things to talk about. It won't be too long of a show this evening. But, man, I got to tell you, the news is hopping. How you doing? 
Good, man. Good. It's, it's just cracking out here. Like cracking the whip as in getting your house. Now you're in quarantine or cracking the whip as there's action going on. Well, just action is going on. A lot of things are happening out here in the world of football. And especially for the Rams and comings and goings this weekend, a surprising coming, by the way. I mean, could you believe waking up in the morning and finding out that Michael Brockers' deal with the Ravens fell through and then minutes later he re-signs with the Rams? Right. Uh, anything can happen, yeah, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, I have some questions on that too. Anything. Uh, Mike, I got to tell you the truth. The math doesn't add up. <laughs> right. I mean, what do you right. do, Mike? The math doesn't add up for this. the salary cap. I'm wondering what's going on because the Rams either got to renegotiate somebody, I think, or they're going to have to cut somebody or not sign somebody. We'll talk about that. But man, how are you viewing that surprise? It's good and bad. I mean, it's good because you have someone who's been here, been in the system. Uh, it's just interesting because how do you pass a physical for one team and then not the other, only to come back to the team that basically wasn't going to resign you before you went, you went somewhere else? So, yeah, it's just, just really interesting. Has some shades of Roger Saffold there, doesn't it? It does, right? It does, right? It does. All right, folks, we're going to dig into that. But before we do, we want to ask you to head over to Apple Music if you haven't already and fill out that review. If you, if you think we have earned or deserve a five-star review, please leave it. And if you write it out, don't just click five stars. If you write it out, take a screenshot and send it in to us. We'll enter you in the contest for that jersey, which you may or may not want to buy. We'll find out here shortly. In the meantime, also, don't forget where anywhere podcasts can be found. And since we're all at home anyways, you might as well listen. I mean... What else do you have to do unless we're boring and we don't deserve your patronage? I don't say about that. Anyways, you'll find us where our podcast can be found. Also, don't forget our sponsor, Jim Hawk. His book, Hollywood Scene, Great Glam, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Great read as well. And now it's time to roll. Michael Brockers, sir, signs a three-year, $24 million contract, becomes up to $31.5 million with incentives. One of those incentives being a roster bonus. If I have it right correctly, if it's based on playing time. Uh, let me see if I have it right. Yes, it's playing time. It's all based on playing time. So, considering he hasn't missed a game since 2017, he should make that bonus. Overall, outside of the weirdness of it, can you give me more insight on your thoughts on Michael Brockers coming back? Well, I just think that, you know, he, he should be a leader in the locker room to help with the new coaches in the transition, and hopefully. Uh, along with Aaron Donald. So that should be a plus. But, but again, you know, when you start doing this willing and dealing, and though everybody knows that there's going to be a, a, a chart or a hierarchy on who's getting paid and who's getting paid what, there becomes, a, it gets kind of messy when you start having too many of these signings all at once because now there's a, something up in the air like they they signed Floyd but not really so I don't know what's your thoughts on that well it's not Floyd that I'm wondering about it's on Robinson because he was essentially signed to come in there and replace Brockers True. and he's even True. younger bigger in terms of physicality guy more of a, even more of a soccer than than Brockers is, and Brockers will provide you a little more pass rush. And I'm wondering if the if the Rams, if 
Ashawn has not signed that deal yet if the Rams just pull the offer. I'm hoping they wouldn't do that, by the way. I'm hoping that they have a different plan there because that would be kind of a crappy thing to do. I mean, it would. It, well, you know, that, that'll be definitely be bad for reputation's sake and all those things because, you know, a lot goes into when guys are looking at and they, they talk with each other. Guys talk amongst themselves amongst themselves in regards to what organizations and how they treat players, you know, do they fly on their own plane, you know, do they have drinks in the locker room, you know, just things things like that, different perks, do they got a place you can go play golf on an off day. So if the Rams start getting a reputation that they renege on deals, guys are going to like, yeah, I'm not going there, you know, because there's kind of some skepticism, I would think. On, on though people understand somewhat about the salary cap, they seem to have no loyalty when it comes to certain players. So, you know, I don't know if, it, if this type of deal they want to let fall through based on now getting a player who's already been here back. You know, how do you go and tell this guy, I, uh, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And now the world sees it. So, yeah. And the problem, though, is if you look at the money, it doesn't really add up, right? I mean, I was just trying to find – and spot tracking over the cap haven't really updated, so my math is is fuzzy. But you went and signed Leonard Floyd for 10 mil. You got Whitworth for three years, 30 mil. Austin Blythe, a one-year deal. Sean Robinson, a $19 million, two-year deal. And Brockers on three-year 24, which will probably be more than that. So – you were able to maneuver money around, but forty—that—that's a forty million dollars plus forty-one is eighty-one right there. Okay, take um, try and put it down by year on average. Checks out all the contract details, but ten, ten, nine, and eight. The math would equal what ten, twenty, twenty-nine, around thirty-seven-ish estimate. Plus, we don't know what Blythe is. So they had $19 million when this thing started. They had to cut Matthews. They had to cut Roby Coleman. There's still too much money there somewhere. Like, something has to happen. And I'm wondering who it is. I'm wondering what's going on in terms of, uh, you know, the money. They, even with cutting Gurley and getting $4 million back, it doesn't there's still a gap there in terms of salary. What the, where the Rams going to do? Does somebody renegotiate this point, or do we, is there another cut coming, or do they just choose if they haven't? If Ashawn Robinson hasn't signed the dotted line yet, do they just choose to renege? None of those scenarios really play out in anyone's benefit. Fit. So the Rams offseason just got a little more messier. I don't. I don't. I don't know that there's a workaround outside of, you know, having to restructure a couple deals, you know, Aaron and golfs and, and even maybe go back in and, 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 and redo Whitworth's a little bit or adjust it or do something. But uh, just the numbers sake and a couple of articles say that, that basically the, the, the Rams don't have the cap space to fit both Floyd and Brockers in without a whole lot of, of creating other cap space means what are you going to do? You're going to cut four or five other guys to basically have two guys at the same position. I don't know. I mean, you would love to have two quality players and, and, and have the depth 
But at the same time, when you're looking at the team chemistry, the team cap space, just having certain players at certain positions, you got to have a certain amount of money to be able to sign a couple more guys. I mean, and you still have to have money set aside to to pay your draft picks as well. And that is you know kind of already locked away. I wonder also if they've talked to Jared Goff on this at all, because Goff is the one contract they can renegotiate and makes all the problems go away. And I know you don't want to kick that can down the road, but I don't know how else you do this. You want to keep Brandon Cooks flexible right now because word you know the the word is still out there that teams are inquiring about trading for him. You could renegotiate him as well, and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald will be a guy you mentioned before. You have to, you have to renegotiate at least one of those guys in order to make sure you have free space. So the Rams aren't done here, and I think we're fortunate in one respect is we can talk about it, but the Rams. I've said before, there's there's probably no better team in football at playing with those books. The Rams always seem to find cash when they need it. So the question in the end is, do they really want both Sean Robinson and Brockers on the same line? Or do they want Leonard Floyd and um, Brockers and Sean Robinson together on the same unit or not? One of those guys is either going to go, in my view, or the Rams have a big roster move coming to make room. That's that's kind of how it lays out. I do have one thing that's appealing to me, by the way, Mike. The idea of a good run stopper in Brockers. Not great, but good. With a little bit of a pass rush. Next to a 350-pound guy like Sean Robinson. Makes me feel a whole lot better about stopping the run next year. Especially with all those question marks about the linebacking core. It does make me feel better about that. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Anytime you can, you can get... You know, two guys of that size and that caliber to step in and be part of your defensive front, along with a guy like Aaron Donald, that's a formidable uh, defensive front. And a lot of teams would have to deal with that, with that, you know, barring injury, of course. The dilemma is, as we continue to kind of beat around, is the fact that the money just isn't there without some other dominoes falling. And then which dominoes are those or or are they able to go to some of these guys that are under contract and renegotiate to a, in a way that they can live with it? Uh, the guys that are guys that are now signing can live with it, and also dealing with draft picks or maybe having to sign someone down the road. There's some flexibility, or or as we talked about on Sunday, are you just going to have to you know take your medicine this season and just hope? hope for the best because you still got a guy like Jalen Ramsey out there that you can tell him, hey, man, and we're going to take care of you next year. Hang in there with us. But guys like that are like, no, you better put put the money on the table now else you're not going to see me. So uh, there's a there's a lot that's going on just on now this situation that's come about here in the last uh, couple days. You look at the other players on the roster in terms of what they can bring you in cap savings and Rob Havenstein can bring you with a let me look at his contract again there's a dead cap on him of 6.15 if you trade him it's a little bit different it marks out to a pre-trade it's the same 1.65 if they give him the post 6.1 designation, they save 3.2, then you kick the can a little bit down the road by having some dead cap for next year. So 
there is some room if you trade Habitat. That's somebody whose name keeps popping up. I just don't know how much dead cap the Rams want to take on for this year. I mean, if they're going to take all their mess, and they, I suppose you can do it. But there's also, I think, the possibility, if you're talking about Aaron Donald, if you plan on keeping him that whole contract, which I wonder, you know, no one wants to have that conversation quite yet. Jared Goff, renegotiation, that one's been there for a while as well. I, I just wonder right now if what they're going to do. But I, I have to point those guys, Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, Rob Havenstein. Those are the guys who can renegotiate right now and give you a little something back. Renegotiate or trade. Maybe let me clarify. Renegotiate or trade because Havenstein, you have to trade. I'm curious. Right. And, you know, I, we, we briefly talked about it on Sunday or our last show in regards to what direction are the Rams actually going? Are we going going to go with, hey, the offense has to carry the load this year, so we're just going to kind of just fill in and, and somewhat, somewhat plug holes on defense and, and hope for the best that, you know, we have everybody returning the secondary. They can play solid. We have, we have, you know, the best defender in Aaron Donald on our team, knowing he's going to bring something to the table. Obviously, if we're able to keep, to keep Brockers and uh, – uh, the new signee. I don't know why I'm tongue tied with him. Uh, Sean Robinson. That that could be a plus. Sean Robinson. Yeah, right. Uh, obviously that would be a big plus. But again, you're not going to have the depth you need, and you're going to have to rely upon either you know a lot you know, a lot of rookie guys in the backup positions, and or or you know quote unquote the cheapest free agents we can get to come here just to fill out the roster. So. A lot of unanswered questions, but you know, if if it, if I'm just looking at it from today, I'm going to say that that the coaches, Coach McVeigh, is going to say, "Well, hey, I'm going to take this one, and we're just going to have to make it happen, control the ball on offense, and make, and make sure our defense isn't out there as much as they were last year." They're going to have to be a better offense. Period. Next, they even more efficient across the board. The defense is. If you may fix some gaps. If you have A. Sean Robinson next to Rockers and you, and they can work together, that, that's a, there's some makings of a running core there. A unit that can stop the run, especially when Michael Kaiser comes back this year and, and fulfills all the potential they've been talking about with him in terms of being a run stopper. Secondary is good. It's just that middle core there, the linebackers that are concerning, where's your pass rush coming from? And... That's all the more reason to grind that clock down. Be an offense that can score whenever it needs to, or it can grind on you. And that's what I've really missed about the Rams' offense last year. That's what I missed about it was that you, it was it was all work. You know that in the 2018 Rams' offense was you can count on them to do whatever the heck they want to most of the time. And last year's offense, it sometimes looked like exactly what we knew it could be and sometimes it was a train wreck so you know they have to fix that and a lot of that goes to the offensive line so hopefully a year experience a draft to work with it everybody's together in that unit one more time around i gotta hope that it turns out fine the offense doesn't mind you have to carry the the load next year just one other thought as well and pretend because we've mentioned the salary cap a couple times here and just moving into the next area there's a really interesting article out this week by Cam De Silva over at Ramswire. 
and I wanted to address a little bit because his, his his title is the Rams are proving the salary cap is mostly a myth. And but Cam's been on the show before. We like him a lot. He's a really good guy, knows his stuff, and I politely disagree with him. And I would and I think his point has some validity that yes, we've talked about. I just mentioned before, Mike. How often over the years have you seen the Rams really maneuver around the salary cap? Well, I mean, they have. I mean, a lot, right? In the sense of, you know, yeah, yeah. I think you know, of... They signed uh, Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge move. They got him over here, and then they were able to fold some cash over from last year to this year, for example. I think back to when Chris Long renegotiated a deal years ago. James Lord, he renegotiated and opened up some cap space. The Rams always seem to find cap space. But his argument overall is that, for the most part, it's a myth. That you that the, the cap really isn't all that restrictive. His actual point reads like this, quote, The Rams will make it happen for the most part. The salary cap is a myth. That's not to say teams can go out and spend money like the Yankees, but they have far more flexibility with the cap than it seems. And I disagree. I disagree. Because below, he, he says, in hindsight, they could have signed Dante Fowler Jr. to a similar deal to the one got from the Falcons, or they could have easily re-signed Corey Littleton if they want to keep him too. They had the money to make one of these moves. Mike, there's a difference here. Uh, Leonard Floyd, one year, $10 million. Andrew Whitworth, three years, $30 million. I doubt he plays all three years. Austin Bly is a one-year deal. Sean Robinson, two-year deal. Michael Brockers is a three-year deal. All that, all the money there is nothing's higher than thirty million total. How much money were Dante Fowler Jr. making now, or, or and um, Corey Littleton? Corey Littleton signs a pretty hefty deal. Littleton's three-year, thirty-six million-dollar deal. Three-year, thirty-six. Dante Fowler Jr. signed his deal at three-year, forty-eight million dollars. Those numbers are a bit different, wouldn't you say? Both of them three years. 48 and 36. Right. So I don't I don't get this here. What what's the actual argument you're making about the salary cap being a myth? Because if they were I would say if the Rams had cap room, those guys are probably back this year. Long term, not just one year. Well, I yeah. Or it, unless they figured they wouldn't have been able to sign them for the same amounts. You know, I don't know. Maybe they figured uh you know, cuz sometimes what happens, uh, at least I know when I hit free agency, the thinking was, well, well, you're not going to get what you think you're going to get in a free agent market. And then it's like, boom, well, you, you've got a lot more than they were willing to give. So, oh, if that was the case, yeah, they're not going to they weren't going to be able to sign them back. Now, if if they would have been in the ballpark with the numbers they end up signing with, then that's something on the Rams in that they either didn't try or they didn't think they they could or. They just let them, you know, hit the free agents market and they took the first deal they got. You know, sometimes when you're with a team, you like to at least give them, you know, first right of refusal. So maybe they got something on the table in principle, call back to Ram, said, hey, guys, this is what we got. Can you match it? Give us a few more dollars or something. They go, oh, you know, we would love to, but we but we can't. And, you know, they let them walk. You know, I don't know. But it doesn't doesn't just seem right off. And, again, we would have to look at the numbers 
on all the different contracts and where the real money is and things like things like that, which we don't have all the the answers to to really be able to see if if those guys uh, could assign. I just imagine if they could assign even one or two of those guys, they would have. But they you know could. I mean, they could have if they were willing to go longer. But well, Leonard Floyd's the example, right? He was a one year, ten million dollar deal. Well, right. Littleton signed for three and thirty six. That was way under what anybody thought he would sign for, and he was on the market for some time. And he just go sign the first day of free agency. So the Rams had their shot. They clearly wanted him back. So what holds him back? Because three and thirty six. That's twelve a year. One for ten. That's two million dollars difference. They can, they can find that two million dollars somewhere. Which tells me right. you would think it's the think. years, it's the years at commitment. Right. Even at twelve million a year for three years, they weren't willing to make that at that point. Dante Fowler gets a two million dollar a year raise from fourteen mil to sixteen mil with the Falcons. That's three and forty eight. Right, and that's why I'm going. Yeah, yeah, when you look at it, right. So when you, you look at it from that perspective, yes, but unless they have again. I don't I don't know, you know, it's hard to say what their overall plan is. You know, I don't know that they figure how much, you know, say a Jalen Ramsey is going to cost and they need to save, you know, even if it seems like, hey, man, it's only two millionaires, only one there and two there. You know, well, that's only five, you know, out of three or four different contracts. Yeah, that could be true. But that five million could be a big difference when you're now trying to sign possibly a Jalen Ramsey to a, a four, you know, five year deal or whatever it's going to be for him. Yeah. But even at that one year and 10 million versus three years and, and 36, the, the key thing that sticks out to me is the Rams needed flexibility. Plus they weren't willing to go long on that probably for the same reasons at three and 36, that's a bargain. That's really a bargain. Yeah. But how much is that is, that is guaranteed. That's a darn good question. Let's check it out. For yeah, because if 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 it's you know a bunch of that is guaranteed, that might have been a stickler. Well, we we we'll put it on the numbers, and it makes it look like a lot, but we we don't want to guarantee that much of it. I don't know. You know, obviously, I don't have all the numbers just in front of me to be able to just kind of break it down from a, from a more educational, educated. What's well, a base salary standpoint? But yeah. It's a base salary of 11.75. Oh, there's 22 million in guaranteed money. That's not bad. It could be worse. I just think overall, considering considering where the Rams were, the cap does limit you. You just made the point. Like, on a one-year deal, they were willing to spend 10 million on Leonard Floyd. They could have coughed up. They could have found 2 million more and got Corey Littleton for longer. But they need that flexibility because, cap, you need to be able to spend money next year. Whitworth's deal is three for 30, but does anybody really think he's playing all three years? Probably not. Um, Sean Robinson, two years for 17. He's 24 years old. He could be on the free agent market in two years making some dough if he, if he goes right. Brockers is three and 24, and he has that 4.5 kicker, could get a 31.5. So even then... That's you're paying for leadership as much as anything else. You're not going right, above right. 
thirty million dollars in any of these deals, and most of them are one in two years with one, with a couple three years, and one of those three years at least will not play the whole three years. I don't. There's. I mean, I don't think Andrew Whitworth plays those all three years. Doubt it. So that's what I'm trying to say. If the Rams have money this year, if they have, if they came into the to free agency with fifty million dollars instead of nineteen million dollars, do do we have those signings that we have now? If if we had more money, you say? Let, let's say let's just in in a world of happiness, of joy uh-huh. and cheer, where there's rainbows and unicorns everywhere. Okay, the Rams entered right. the, the off season with fifty million dollars. Fifty million dollars, Mike, instead of nineteen million. Do you right. think at least right. one of those guys, Dante Fowler or Corey Littleton, are back next year? Oh, I would. I would say both of them would have been back, and probably for sure, and probably with a Brockers and Ashawn Robinson, they, if that was their intention. Yes. To up. So yeah, I'm just saying the cap matters. It, it's not. It a does matter. because. You're you're bringing up some some good situation in the sense of it it, it would sound like it, that the Rams have something up their sleeve. Now we've known from the last couple off season we've gotten a, a pretty big big signee that ends up signing here to go kind of comes out of nowhere. So it's almost like part of their formula has been hey we're going to reserve a little bit because something's going to drop to us. In the free agent world, or maybe in the draft, that we need to be, need to be able to pounce on that and have that money available, as opposed to spend it all up and figure, hey, well, we we've legitimized our offense, offense, our defense, or our special team, or whatever hole it that they that they feel that is needed to have been filled, and legitimize it just up front. It just seems like they're like, well, we're going to hold something back because you know there's going to be something that goes down in the future. You know, you brought up a, brought up a good point uh, a couple shows back in regards to you to you know I was kind of say well, what if they were to you know let let uh Jared Goff go you're like ah oh, it's too much money things like that and so you got to look at things when when you know they let a Todd Gurley go you know we've kind of speculated on you know maybe there's some attitude change different things though there was an article today that said something in regards he didn't he didn't see it coming I don't believe that one bit. Unless you thought you were kind of going to buck the system. I don't know. You know, some guys think, you know, uh, the cornerback from the the Vikings who got released and just had to sign a one-year deer somewhere else figured it out, too. Like, oh, man, every year does matter. Yeah, it does. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they have one more rabbit that they're going to pull out the hat, you know, for this upcoming season. I don't think it's this season. I think it's next season. I think they're... I think they're limiting years and limiting them for the purpose of solely having that flexibility. Two one-year deals, one two-year deal, the Brockers deal, and then the Whitworth deal. The Whitworth deal, again, we don't expect them to play the full three years. I just look at that, look at the deadline they're on for next year. I think they're really looking towards 2021 as, okay, we're going to re-sign Jalen Ramsey we are going to, at that point, know more about Jared Goff. We'll start looking at options there. Brandon Cooks will have a lot of his dead cat money taken care of, so they can yep. move him. And all of a sudden, they have a, a ton more room 
to try and, and rebuild this team together just in time to host the Super Bowl in 2021. Uh, that's how I'm looking at it. I think this year is kind of a, a reload year, kind of fix the cap and get ready for that big cap year in 2021. That's all it's about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could be right on it. You could be right on it because, again, maybe they're, they're saying – they're looking at it from a realistic standpoint. Point. We talked about a little bit last time in regards to you got a lot of new coaches, you got a lot of new players, if you will. You got a lot of adjustments are happening, and maybe they're saying realistically, this would be a tough year re- regardless with all the new changes. I mean, you yes, you want to go in and say, hey, we're a professional organization. And we can make all these changes and nothing happens. That's just unrealistic. Guys are going to have to gel with the coaches, coach with the players, scheme adjustments. But yeah, if if you got these one maybe two year situa- situations, and you have to make mul- multiple changes in year three, it can be done. You know, by then uh, McVay will be in what year six or seven. Jared Goff will be, you know, a little bit older. You know, I'm sure, you know, Aaron Donald will be playing at a high caliber still. The secondary will be still pretty young and and should be playing even better. And, you know, hopefully some of these young guys that have remained on the team, I believe you gave us 22 out of 27. In the last three three drafts are still in the last three drafts are, are still with the team. So. When you look at it from that standpoint, you have a lot of guys who have now, now quote unquote, been Rams. Now they've been through, been through, you know, there's no more moving. You know exactly where you're going to be. You know exactly where the training facility is. You know exactly where the stadium is going to be. There's going to be a lot of things that settle down in regards to what is a normal everyday occurrence for a Ram player, Ram administrator, coach, and all those good things. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, maybe they're just saying, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be this year. We want it to be, but it's just no way with all the things. And now with with obviously uh, the coronavirus thing, you know, it's going to make it troublesome for all the teams. But this is going to give a lot of teams an escape clause on next, se- next season. That is the the key thing is the flexibility. So to answer to to kind of answer back it. Politely, but by the way, going back to to Cam Silva, dude, I think you're awesome, man. You're great. I just disagree with you, man. I, the while the salary cap is more flexible, people realize it still is just as important. It 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 forces teams to make moves and basically pay the popper. I've been saying the Rams are going to take their mess in this year. It looks like that's what they're doing, and. I mean, they t- hey, Mike, they're taking their message to the point where they cut Toggerl. I thought there was no way on earth they would cut Toggerl and take that huge dead cap hit. But they are. I was wrong. Yeah, they, they really are. And <sighs> But I think that goes more to not so much the money. That, to me, is more of there's something going on with the chemistry. And I, I, I think they figured they couldn't get him to get on board from whatever happened. And so if it was, you know, two years ago at Super Bowl when he really didn't get a lot of run, you know, whether it was last year, it seemed like his his carries were limited when he seemed to be a, more healthier than it, it seemed. 
uh, it just seems like they didn't feel like they were going to be able to get this kid to to buy back into what was going on. I think, I think especially after uh, the running back coach got got released as well. I think that had a lot to do with it as well. I I, I just look back and. I remember the Pittsburgh game, and I remember sitting back behind the Rams bench and seeing the body language from Todd Gurley, and I've never forgotten that. Uh, he wasn't the same guy, the same attitude. You know, he's and he hadn't been since the injury, really. And so, maybe we'll never know the story. I'm sure that there's a lot more to the internal relationship than either side will talk about. But it was clear to me that day that the relationship was broken it was broken and i'll never forget watching him helmet in his hands away from the offensive unit on the sidelines while the offense is on the field it's just uh that's that's, (laughs) yeah that's pretty telling yeah it sure is all right so we gotta move on the before we get there though we do want to let you know that we are, again, sponsored by Jim Hawkins' Hollywood team. Go to HollywoodTeam.com or find them on Twitter at Hollywood Team. Check out the book, Grit, Glamour, in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. It's a litany of history, the mid-50s era, with Jim's dad, John, a member of that team that featured Elroy Clayton's Hirsch, Tom Fierce, Les Richter, Norm Van Brocklin. And how they fit into the Los Angeles scene in the 1950s. Go check it out. It's all seen great glare in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. And we are looking for sponsors for the next season. I'm not expecting them now, considering the situation we're in in this country with the coronavirus. But keep us in mind as you get your hands and feet back on solid ground here coming soon. Um, reach us at ramstop1945gmail.com or you can find us uh, via voicemail at Six five seven six 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 five four five three, and our offer still stands for anybody who wishes to get some free ad time. Okay, last thing: Greg Zerline, Mike gone, goes to Dallas to rejoin. Oh man, Mister Fossil Bones in Dallas. How you feel about losing Greg Zerline? Yeah, I, I you know there seemed to maybe be a little bit of uh, what would you say uh, a little bit of lost confidence. And Zer, but again, you know, a lot of times the coaches know the players, and for whatever reason, certain coaches can get things out of guys more than others. And you know, I think it's it's obviously a loss for us, but it's kind of nice for him to at least at least be able to go somewhere where the coach actually had a lot to do with his success. But you could argue that he had a lot to do with his struggles last year too. And you could. <laughs> you could. That is true. I mean, it says a lot of signing there. Is what, it does say a lot of signing there, but he, remember, he was injured for a chunk of 2018 as well, struggled for parts of 2019. Right. Maybe it just was a time for a change of scenery for Zerline. Maybe he needed a new place, and maybe the Rams weren't willing to pay a kicker who struggled for this last season and coming off an injury in 2018, what he wanted again. I mean, that is that salary cap again, coming back to get you with the kicker and we'll see what they do. The limit, the options are limited for kickers. So, yeah. And, and, but you think for, for him, he's kicking off a different surface, more or less somewhat though. The dome is open a lot. He's 
he's playing someone in the dome in a lot more uh, stadiums, you know, be it Philly that have somewhat turf fields and things like that. I think Philly has turf or it's real nice grass. Well, I mean, but, but, in, uh, but in L.A., he's going to have that glass dome front over his head. Yeah, he would have, but it's just, you know, I, I, I'm going with your, your point in regards to sometimes guys just – they start getting a mental block and something happens and a change of scenery usually can maybe free that up. Just the fact that, you know, you don't feel like, you know, the monkeys on your back. Because you got to understand, uh, Derek, that what we see on camera, sometimes coaches are able to hold it in. The thing is, we don't know what gets said in meetings, but little things like, you know, we just got to be a little more consistent at the field goal, blah, 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 blah. You know, they're not going to say, sir, you need to start making these kicks or you're going to be out of here. They make these subtle hints and meetings and things like that. And you just never know how much of that stuff is going on behind the scenes. that just makes a guy go, you know what? It's time for me to exit stage left. And it does happen. It does happen. So I... I understand. I'm not angry at Takata. You know, I have an era, one of the other few remaining players from the St. Louis era. And so he moves on, and hopefully he does okay, except against the Rams when he plays for the Cowboys. You know, we'll find out who the Rams' new kicker is. Well, thanks for discussing. We're discussing a kicker, how the world has changed. All right. So, all that in mind. Yeah, I think it's time for us to go, Mike. What do you think? Time for us to roll out of here? Hey, man, I think it's been a great show, buddy. Uh, still, there's, there's, you know, as we said, and we let off some weeks back coming in just to start, but it's it's starting to play out like, you know, we were trying to figure out which way the Rams going to go, and it looks like they're going for, as you, you noted a few moments ago, looks like 2021 is really the year because it just, it's, it's just too much going, going on right now. Too much going on. I mean, we're looking at a, a team that is in transition. I don't. I think yes. you were right last year. Not really rebuilding, kind of in the process, of trying to reload. In a world where, um, you know, hold on. I mean, I want to put this point that's out there. We're in a world right now where people are dying. Hopefully, flatten this curve thing works. None of the sports are playing. This should have been a big weekend heading in for the NCAA tournament. We should be getting close to the draft in Las Vegas. Major League Baseball should be underway. The NBA and NHL should be down down the stretch for their playoff seasons. And instead, we are doing we're doing nothing really. We're we're kind of living life at home, just you know, spending time with family, reading books, surfing the web, watching right wingers and left wingers on the internet flame each other. Um, it's it's not the same. And for, I think for once, I'm not saying it's okay to lose. Don't say that. But I think at this point, I'd just be grateful to see football back again and just see the Rams take the field, period. In their new stadium or if there are delays in their old stadium. I get it. I don't know about you, Mike, but it's a little things in life that matter right now besides life. life life's the always the one that's important. That's the one you want to live. You want to, you want to keep going in our day and, and make things happen in this world. But the little things that are nice to have, like professional sports just to keep your well, dc you're on to something you're you're on to something right there and 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 that's why i feel at the end of the day not just our rams but i think everybody in the sports leagues whichever one you choose to root for 
are all going to somewhat get a pass for this year because w- what can you really say? You know, you know, uh, even for us at the high school level, I mean, we have our little workouts. So we send our guys, hey, man, you know, now we can't stop them from if they want to go get together on their own and try to do something. But for the most part, you know, everyone's working out on their own, trying to get their running and conditioning. But how much can you really say you're going to be able to do when you, when you don't really know you can get back together and when that team date thing starts? So for a professional level, I think, as you were saying, saying uh, a lot of people are just going to be happy to say, man, at least we, we got a little bit of normalcy back in our lives. And, you know, just glad to see guys out there running around running around playing. I don't know how much the you know, obviously there'll be somebody who makes it to the Super Bowl, but. I'm just going to say, for the most part, everyone out of all the sports leagues, they're going to pretty much get a pass for this for this year. I mean, yeah, you're, you think about the Rams, who have been very good, by the way, at finding players in the draft. They've done it through the Senior Bowl. They've done it through whatever their magic formula was in the last three years. And now that process has been marred by, by everything. Their normal routine for, for visits – for all that stuff. So how are teams going to adjust to basically less exposure to prospective rookies in the draft? Because you're not going to be seeing these guys face-to-face between now and then. You're not going to have visits. You're going to get on Skype, okay? Um, you're not going to see them live working out. Everything's changing for the NFL. I mean, right. the, the, the Brock saying his physical fell apart. Part of it was because... He couldn't do a physical face-to-face with the Ravens. Somebody else had to do it, and they raised flags about his ankle. Well, the Rams clearly didn't care. They knew. So they were able to see up front and know right. up front what, his deal, what the deal was. Right, right. And so, again, if they get to see him and they go, oh, yeah, his ankle's good. We put him through our own little test. Oh, he's good to go. Oh, we can't really test that. Oh, we saw him get hurt. Yeah, he walked off the field, but... Big guy, you know, you haven't been able to work out, maybe rehab as much as you would have been in a normal off off season. Eh, yeah, we may not want to roll the dice on this, you know. And that sounds like they must have had some some experience with someone in an ankle because you because you would think like, okay, it's his ankle, you know what I mean? But you know, our our game. In that case, the Rams got what they wanted. So there we go. All right, folks. It is time for us to go. You can find us on Twitter at TalkRams. You can find us on the interwebs at TalkRams. Uh, sorry, RamsTalk.net. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Mike at OneDuke23. Don't forget where anywhere podcasts can be found. So until next time, till midweek, if we get some news to talk about, which I hope we do, this is Derek C. Paul for Mike and the whole team. We're out of here. See you later. You can.
can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.